we were in uh, Wyoming with the mission trip last week. I know. And uh, the kids were unimpressed with my dad jokes. <laughs> I was like, listen, man, this is all I got. This is I don't, all I got. <laughs> I don't, I don't actually like animals, and here I am at this animal yeah, ranch. <laughs> all I got is dad jokes. Right, That's all yeah. I've got to offer. All I can contribute to the group. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, welcome back to Beyond Sunday. This is uh, Pastor David Bowser. With me, as always, Elise McCarter. Still here. Still pretty successful. And not with us today, uh, Patrick Nazaroff, uh, home... Uh, uh, with his family today, having some things uh, taken care of there. So we're uh, keeping Patrick in our prayers, and we'll see him back next week as we uh, gather back for Beyond Sunday. But today, Elise and I are going to steer the ship. Yeah, hold it uh, down. Hopefully not in a Titanic-esque way and uh, <laughs> avoid all the icebergs that might lay out there. Um, and yeah, we're going to... We're going to have yeah. some good conversations. It'll be great. Yeah. We're really due for a new ship disaster, I think, because yeah. we're still Titanic. referencing it's the Titanic. Titanic. Yeah, it's, it's been 100 years. Right. Yeah. It's had its it, moment. It's played out. Yeah. Do we need a new ship disaster, or can we come up with like a new thing? I mean, it's a new it's a new era. Like a different type of disaster. Yeah. I feel like the other disasters are still too raw. I think that's right. why you go with the 100-year-old right. disaster, because right. it's like the likelihood of anyone in your circle having been directly affected by the sure. Titanic is slim. Like what, what else could we draw from, though? Like the Dust Bowl? That's not very raw, no, right? Yeah. That's not very <laughs> funny, though. Yeah. This is, is a, <laughs> I feel like it could be funny. <laughs> There's a Michael Scott bit about this, isn't is there? It? It's uh, the Lincoln assassination just recently became funny. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like how soon after right. a tragedy can uh, can something yeah. be funny? Okay. Anyway, I don't th- I don't know. We'll have to figure out what we're there for. Okay. What, what tragedies are now aged up that they can be funny? Mm. We'll report back next week. That's right. <laughs> Stay tuned, listeners. <laughs> uh, but no, today we're gonna uh, spend some time talking about. Uh, relationships mm-hmm. uh, we're both in relationships we are of uh you know of varying levels of health i don't know we'll what? discuss that and see how healthy our relationships <laughs> are that. yeah we're, oh i didn't tell you this is our therapy podcast okay. so yeah. <laughs> come on in michael this is like right. the big maury povich reveal right. we're gonna bring michael out and Us we're gonna and have our little... tens of listeners that's right <laughs> <laughs> riveting uh, stuff yeah uh, but no, we're going to talk about relationships a little bit and mm-hmm. finding the one. The and one. Is, is there a the one and is all there? sorts of other stuff. But first, Elise, I think you have a news article for us. I do have some news. In honor of our absent host. Yes. So you just came off of a week at a ranch As for you heard. animal yeah. rehabilitation. Absolutely, yeah. So you got some animal-themed news in honor of that, actually. All right, cool. Because what I wanted after a week with animals is, is more, more stuff animals. animals. Yeah, since you love them so much. Yeah, <laughs> I tailored this specifically for you. I appreciate that. Um, so we've actually got two short news stories. Uh, the first one. Well, that is not what I asked for. Well, <laughs> I over-deliver. Fair enough. So a great white shark spends years drawing a self-portrait with what? tracking tag. Mm-hmm. Drawing a self-portrait. What? Yeah. <laughs> So, I'm so confused. <laughs> I'll show you in a second. There's a picture. I feel like there's science here that I'm misunderstanding. All right, go All right. ahead. So a shark has seemingly spent years drawing a picture of itself. The shark, which is a great white named either Breton or Britain, if we're going for... I hope <laughs> I hope it's Breton. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Canadian name, so I'm going to go with Breton. Why does a great white shark have a Canadian name? They're because nowhere near Because they tagged Canada. it off of Nova Scotia. Really? Yeah. The great white shark was that far north? I'm global warming i guess i don't Oof. know i also hey, neither one of us knows anything about great white yeah habits, but this is like so. this is like jaws coming to life right. for me here this is yes. concerning okay anyway so he was fitted with a satellite tracker to give researchers occasional updates on his location sure that's why i'm fitted with a satellite tracker that's do give, you have an ankle bracelet <laughs> give researchers occasional updates on my location right. that's, yeah. <laughs> so you can't leave like a five mile radius no they just like to track me where yeah i don't think like, that's what that is but, oh okay all right <laughs> <laughs> Bizarrely, over the past couple of years, the path of his movements up and down the U.S. East Coast resembles a line drawing of a shark. Hmm. Yeah. So I'll show you hmm. this picture right Who's here. Who's interpreting this? 
All right, they're not completely wrong. Right, and it's even got the dorsal fin. It does have a dorsal fin, yeah. a pectoral fin. I don't, I mean, this is kind of like looking at a constellation and be like, yeah, that looks like a shark or a bear. Yeah, like or- if the ancient <laughs> Greeks can look at the stars and be like, look, Ursa Major, right. you know, like that's a bear. Then sure. we can look at this confidently and say that's a shark. I don't know about confidently. Mm. I think you could look at that and say it's a shark or you could look at that and say it's any number of other things. Like turn it on, turn it upside down. What if you look at it the other way? It's a shark going the other direction. <laughs> sharks can't survive upside down, so that clearly can't be can't a shark. Can't survive animal. upside down? I'm pretty sure that's a thing. I don't. Sharks can't swim upside down. Like at all? I'm pretty sure this is a legitimate thing. I don't know, dude. I think they like barrel roll and stuff. But like they can't like like barrel rolling is different than like swimming upside down. Okay, listeners, if you could please Google this for us <laughs> and report back, I'm not gonna do it. Uh, but I want to Beyond know. Podcast at gmail.com. You right. Send us those deets. Right. Anyway, people on Twitter uh, have been going crazy over Breton's uh, self-portrait. Are um, they also arguing that it's not actually a shark? Nope. Everybody's saying it's a shark. You are the lone dissenter. <laughs> hey, you know what? As the this is not the only place hater. that I stand. <laughs> Here I stand. Right. I can do no other. All right. right what's right. our second news story? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> yeah. Me too. In other conservation news. Ooh, okay. A New Hampshire distillery turns invasive crabs into whiskey. All right. (laughs) The whiskey, called Crab Trapper. Sure. (laughs) What else would you call it? All right. Has an unusual key ingredient, invasive green crabs. Okay. Were the crabs invading the distillery? No. Okay, Um, that would have been fun. They've just been introduced to New Hampshire's crowst coastline um and it is made the whiskey is made with a bourbon base steeped with a custom crab corn and spice blend mixture okay all right yep Um, i could could see this could you like like it's like a smoked smoked seafood oh smoked seafood whiskey like it's anyway i would i would try it the owner of tamworth distilling says it has crab on the nose for certain. Yikes. In an interview with Forbes. That sounds less impressive. <laughs> he also said that it tastes like a briny and better fireball. Hmm. Gets worse, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> a briny fireball does not right. sound particularly appealing. Right. Initially, I was getting my head around the possibility of this. This is sounding less appealing. Right. He said, yeah. we're raising awareness of the problem in a way that is fun and interesting. But mm-hmm. it also shows that through creativity and gumption, we can turn these pesky critters into a tasty treat. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Creativity and gumption. Yeah. Oh, he also says that we want more brave souls in the culinary arts to rise to the challenge. Defeat the enemy by eating them. All right. <laughs> you know, I applaud his uh, I initiative here. Yeah, I like the attitude. Defeat I, the enemy by eating them. Yeah. I don't know that like a briny and better fireball is really... Yeah, briny fireball does not sound something appealing. Something the world needs. Mm-mm, um, mm-mm. I was not but, expecting cinnamon to be a part of that... <laughs> The, yeah, that the custom uh, crab corn and what was it? Spice blend. Yeah, cinnamon. I guess is. The spice. I mean, I do like like crab and corn. Those things go together well. I like to eat those things. I don't yeah. know that I want to drink those things. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, the bottle's cute. I'll give them that. What's well, the bottle? <laughs> oh, that, like that's adorable. Fairing. Yeah, it yeah. is very. Got the little blue top and yeah. the little uh, what's that uh, burlapish kind of wrap around? The, it's not burlap, but it's like the Probably like rope. Yeah, but it's like a special type of rope <laughs> yeah. that you see on like nautical, nautical, nautical rope. rope yeah. Yes, that you yeah. see on like old wooden pillars at the yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. thing at Disney World. Yeah, yeah. it's that kind, kind of, of like a Captain Ahab vibe. I can get sure. behind it yeah. to look at. What if Captain Ahab was actually hunting green crab? It's all, it's all a metaphor for a green crab. Less being the interesting species? story. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
It's a fairly uninteresting story anyway. Right, so, yeah. so. so there's our token Moby Dick reference for the podcast. Right, yeah. Well, we've been worried that we hadn't been getting enough Moby Dick references right. in. So I'm glad so we, we got that one in. Whew, yeah. All right. Don't worry, listeners. Moby Dick is back. Yeah. Good. That's like 150 years old there, right? That was an like right. 1800 year old book, right? Right. But that's fictional. So it never was not funny. Oh, Moby Dick was always funny. <laughs> Moby Dick has always been hilarious. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get into our uh, main topic for the it. day. Uh, relationships and finding the one. The one. This is from a, a friend of ours. At, well, not a friend of ours. <laughs> our friends at Relevant. Yeah. Uh, this article written by Katie Connors, a social media director and a writer in Nashville. Oh. Yeah. Uh, where she drinks a lot of coffee and gets overly excited by whatever book she's reading. That's her little, oh. that's her little bio there. Katie and I there. have like a lot in common. There you go. Uh, maybe you're besties and you didn't even know it. Maybe. Uh, but so she wrote this article uh, titled, Why You Can't Find the one oh. and then uh, gives some reasons yeah. uh, she has uh, explanations here for why we don't get uh, find the one and i think elise you and i uh, talked briefly before the podcast and we're both uh, in agreement that most of this is lame yeah yep. that's a nice way to put it i was going to say ridiculous yeah. uh, or bunk or whatever right? right you know it's just it's not uh, how we approach relationships so we're right. going to use this as a, a launching off point to talk more about relationships in general and what we think about that but let's start with this idea of the one the one yeah so uh when you hear someone say i found the one mm -hmm. what do you think they mean like wh what does that mean to you i guess i should say i think we just kind of use it as a catch-all term of i found somebody that i'm going to be with for the long haul mm -hmm. right like whatever mm -hmm. that looks like this is like my person <laughs> <laughs> I don't I'm saying I don't no, you left it open like there was more coming so I was just waiting for the rest of that <laughs> sentence but then you stopped talking that, <laughs> so, I mean so. that I think that's really what people mean I, yeah. I don't think that most people are thinking like this is my like soulmate when ah, they say that all right, right? soulmate excellent right. let's go there okay do you believe in soulmates I believe that people can have the experience of stop making that face at me. <laughs> I'm not even trying to make an experience. I'm trying you to understand what you're saying. People can have that experience of connecting with somebody on a level that's like, all right, we like are really made for each other for sure. lack of a better yeah, term. Yeah. You know, I believe in that. I don't believe that necessarily that that is like, there is a person for every other person out there, yeah. you know, that yeah, yeah. they're going to connect on that level. Yeah. I think that's really helpful. And I think mm -hmm. that that's where, um, probably more people than we want to realize would say, no, 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 there is a soulmate for me right. in this world. And God created and ordained this soulmate mm -hmm. for me. And my job is to go through life and find this soulmate. Like right. I'm exist, I exist <laughs> so that I can find this one soulmate right. that, uh, that is on this earth. Right. I think there is probably... Uh, an alarmingly high number of people who think that absolutely uh, yeah. and I, I can't quite tell from the from the reading of this article where katie falls <laughs> on the spectrum <laughs> she she seems to give you reasons why you're not finding that person unclear as to whether or not she thinks you should still be looking find for that them person. right yeah yeah um, but i think we're kind of in agreement like it just doesn't seem like this is how god works but i love uh, what you said just a minute ago that there are people that you can connect with on that level mm -hmm. and so i want you to talk a little bit more for me like what is that what for you not necessarily like how do you connect with someone else, <laughs> yeah. but like what do you think that experience is like like what's it like to connect with someone on that level versus just a mate right what's the difference between a soulmate and a mate and that's mm. a weird way to say that what's yeah. the difference between <laughs> this is a, a lot of like theoretical like mumbo jumbo what's the difference between yeah. a soulmate and like a, an acquaintance or a friendship or something okay like yeah that? i mean i think a soulmate would be somebody who you really understand mm. and mm -hmm. still like yeah right so like you you understand them on a fundamental level 
things are relatively easy like you get along smoothly Mm -hmm. and you're still able even understanding them you're still able to appreciate them yeah yeah yeah. so I, i don't think that there are that many people that you can understand on a fundamental level and still like hmm that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. 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 I dig that. I think, uh, the one side of that, that I would add to what you just said is that not only do you understand them, but you were understood by them. Mm-hmm. I think there's a mutuality right. in that relationship. That's really, that's really critical. Cause I think there are places where, um, people feel understood, mm-hmm. but don't understand the other, or right. people feel like they understand, but don't feel understood. Right. right. I think uh, that happens a lot. Yeah. And, you know, particularly if you're in like a caring profession, like, you know, pastoral care or, right. uh, um, a psychologist doctor and things like that you mm-hmm. might really understand what's going on with other, this other person but they don't understand you right with good reason right, right. they are not meant to be your soulmate right. so having that mutuality yeah. i think is really critical there probably intentionality on both sides too mm, like you're yeah, both sure. entering into that with the intention of understanding each other yeah so let me ask this do you think that we are uh created with the intention of being with a single person for the rest of your life not necessarily okay so no. say more about that I don't, I don't disagree. I just want yeah, to still be able to I, I talk about that this Yeah, I think that that is mostly an idea that I think we have kind of sold ourselves more than an idea I think we were created with, if that okay. makes sense. I okay. think that society has done a lot to sort of peddle like soulmates and marriages and that kind of thing. Not to say that either of those things are bad. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I actively participate, <laughs> you know, in marriage. I'm married. Uh, I right. get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think we've sort of developed our own mythology about this kind of mm, thing because mm-hmm. we like that idea, right? Like that is very comforting to think like, hey, there is somebody made for me, you know, that we're just going to click and vibe for the rest of our lives, yeah. you know? Um, and that may be the case. I'm not saying it's not. I think for many people it is, you know, whether or not I believe that you're necessarily made for each other, it's a different story. But mm, I think for okay. many people, you know, you, you can find that connection with somebody. Yeah, yeah. But I also think, you know, it's a wide world out there. And many people do not. Mm-hmm. Many people do not want to. So it's, I don't know. I think there's a lot more variance out there than that sort of myth allows for. No, I think that's really helpful. And yeah. it's, a, it's a, a reasonable, you know, I didn't intend for the question to go in that direction. But I think that's a helpful clarification, right? That um, there are plenty of people who say, I want to, I don't want to be in a soulmate relationship with right. someone for the rest of my life, or right. I, I don't want to be married to someone right. for the rest of my life. Like, I, and they might have their own ways of finding uh, soulmates and sure. finding those meaningful relationships. Yeah. It's just not through marriage or right. it's not through uh, a relationship that involves all the aspects of a relationship right. included in marriage, right? Yeah. Maybe there's a relationship that you have that doesn't have the physical aspect mm-hmm. to it and, or it doesn't have the uh, lifelong commitment of living mm-hmm. together aspect to it, right. but you you know connect on a really deep level emotionally. Or, yeah. or, so that's, that's very reasonable. Yeah. And I, I do appreciate you bringing our attention to that. Um, I think, and this is where some of the stuff that uh, the article comes to, I think is kind of pointing toward us towards us as well. I think that, uh, just as we might've bought into this mythos of, uh, is mythos a word? Did I make that yes, one up? Yes, it's a great word. Okay, good. Yeah. Just as we might've <laughs> bought into this mythos, uh, that there is just the one person that we have to mm-hmm. find and then we're together forever and it's perfect, right? right. We, we bought into that in the same way. I think we're in a point in our culture where we're buying into this mythos that, oh, well, 
marriage doesn't actually matter. Right. And, the, and right. The, you like can just, the other, right. The you can swing the other way yep. of the pendulum. Right. And then yep. we just said like, oh, well, there is no one person. And so if you're just unhappy, then you just yeah. got to go find who you're happy with. And when you're unhappy, you just got to go find the next person that you're happy with. Right. And I also don't think that's what we're created for. Right. right? I, don't, I think both of those are flawed interpretations yeah. of what we're, um, what we should be seeking yeah. as far as relationships and meaningful connection. Yeah, I, th- I think we're made to invest in people, right? Like we're yeah. made to invest in pe- people and we're made to be invested in, mm-hmm. but I think that can look different. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I think you know, when I think about this idea of soulmate, mm-hmm. um, I don't think soulmate is something that just happens. I think that soulmate is something that we work towards, right? That, you know, yeah. for me, when I do pastoral counseling before marriages or even mm-hmm. when I'm working with my uh, wife in our own marriage, mm-hmm. right? Um, marriage is not something that we did once and we're just assuming everything's going to be great forever. Right. Marriage is like a daily thing of saying, hey, I intentionally want to commit myself to loving this person mm-hmm. and knowing them better and allowing them me- to know me better, right? Right. That that's the work of marriage. Right. Um, and hopefully um, when you're both committed to that process, that becomes that soulmate connection, right? Mm-hmm. So then you look back, uh, you know, 50, 60 years later and you say, yeah, I was with my soulmate because every day we invested in being right. soulmates with one another. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in much the same way that we try to connect our faith with Jesus, right? We don't just get baptized when we're an infant and then never talk to Jesus again, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> like the idea. Well, some people do. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. yeah. But the idea of having like a meaningful yeah. relationship with God, with Jesus, is that mm. we're in that daily connection and we're, you know, we're learning more about God. God is, you know, hopefully pouring more into us and we're in that invested, committed mm-hmm. uh, relationship where, you know, regardless of what a law says or a ring says or uh, a, a pastor says about mm-hmm. us, right? That we're in this committed relationship because we want to yeah. do this thing together and we're invested in doing that yeah. together. Well, it's kind of funny because when you say like you're in a relationship, there's this idea that goes along with us that you're like working on things, right? Mm-hmm. But when you say you're married, there's this idea that you've like arrived. Yeah. Like we yeah, did yeah. it. Uh-huh. Mark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we just coast. That's right. But it's not the case at all. Like no, I think yeah. anybody that's ever been married for I don't know any amount of time really mm-hmm. will say that it's just as much like an active choice and relationship as just like dating is, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, particularly in our culture where being not married is so easy, mm-hmm. right? Or, right? Or I should say <laughs> dissolving a marriage is so relatively easy, yeah. right? It's no longer a point where, um, well, either, we're allowed to do it now for right one thing. yeah exactly right it's no <laughs> yeah. longer a point where like oh only the man can right. get a divorce or yeah. you can only get a divorce in these like really mm-hmm. you can walk in and for any reason you can get a divorce and there's right. complications like, i don't right. want to say yeah. it's like oh so it's such a breeze but right. there are very few obstacles to saying we don't want to be married together yeah. anymore and you know and mm-hmm. uh that's it's alarmingly easy at times and from a political side I really have no problem with that, yeah. right? If the government wants to say it's easy to dissolve a marriage, that's fine. Yeah. You, know, you do that. Um, but I think this is where we have allowed uh, the government to kind of co-opt our understanding of what marriage and relationships and soulmates are supposed to be as people of faith. Mm. Um, and I think as people of faith, we need to kind of reclaim this idea like, hey, okay, the government says we're married or not married. That's fine. But what we're talking about as committed relationships in the church is different. Right. Right? I mean, it's different than just a marriage that the government says you have a tax break, right? Right. Um, that's not the purpose of marriage in the Bible. The purpose of marriage in the Bible is two people committing themselves to one another in a relationship with God, mm-hmm. right? And and what does that look like for us? And how yeah. do we explore that more deeply and more fully as we go forward? Yeah. I will say I think most people do not end their marriages lightly, though, like regardless of no, that's, how that's fair, easy yeah. like the government makes yeah. it. I don't think it's a thing that people wake up on a Tuesday and are like, eh. I don't want to be married anymore. You know, like, yeah, I'm going to just like change my mind. Yeah. I think that, I think that's the Hollywood version of it for sure. Yeah, for sure. I think most people it's, you know, 
I, I am thankful that it's relatively easy from a government perspective to end a marriage because of how many people I've seen in really devastating situations. Sure, absolutely. You know, that yeah. would have struggled much more if it had been more government roadblocks for it. No, but. absolutely. And, and that's a great mm. point, right? I mean, there's plenty of reasons that the government should handle marriage differently right. than a church should handle marriage, <laughs> right? Right, right. And, and it's not to say that the church should make it harder for people to get divorced either. I right. think we just need to claim like, hey, we think about this differently. Yeah than other things and that's yeah. that's an important distinction that's for us to make really like i don't i would like to hear more about how you walk that as a pastor there because sure. i feel like that's a really tricky line with counseling people in difficult relationships yeah. because yeah, yeah. so frequently i think we've heard the story and i'm sure you've heard stories of people who like go to their church for help with abusive yeah. relationships mm-hmm. or really dysfunctional relationships and their pastors are like, well, pray about it. Or, you yep. know, like you committed the, to this hold man, on, you yep. know, like whatever. The and man's the head of the household. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's incredibly harmful. Absolutely. Day, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, we don't need to go in depth because this isn't mm-hmm. necessarily the direction of the podcast was going to go. But I'll just say this, um, you know, when you're in that abusive situation or when you're in a situation that's just completely unhealthy, uh, the covenant of that marriage has already been broken. Right. right. There's and a so, lot more vows that we take other than just remaining faithful to each other. Right. right? Like, exactly. Which is the one that people tend to rest on. Right. But there's yeah. a lot more there. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, you know, one of the things that we can say to people in that situation, uh, uh, especially when both parties are not wanting to be a part of the solution. Right. It's mm-hmm. one thing when, you know, both parties come and say, hey, we have this problem and we both want right. to work towards a solution. Um, even even in a situation where maybe there's been an abuse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's the potential that both parties want to recover from that right. and move forward. That's one conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but when one party uh, has no interest in changing or adjusting behavior and the other party saying, this is not healthy for me, mm-hmm. uh, this is not healthy for my kids, this is not healthy for whatever, right? right? Um, that's a very different situation. And pastorally, right, from my perspective, that covenant is no longer being upheld by both parts. Right. And so how do we uh, love people and usher people through this opportunity to step into something new that God might be bringing them out of? Yeah. Right. Um, and I think this is one thing that we can look to the Bible about, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're looking for uh, an example of what we would consider to be the exemplary 21st century marriage, is right? Is that in the Bible? No. Yeah. It doesn't exist, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> that's not there. Right. Um, you know, I mean, there's you know, a lot of weird stuff in there. Yeah. The biblical examples of marriage that we get, I mean, yes. Old Testament is all like, Abraham and, and sleeping with people, his yeah. wife's slave, right? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, uh, Jacob and marrying a yeah. woman and her sister and having kids with both of their right. slaves. And, Man. you know, it's a weird thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there there is no... The biblical example of marriage is not necessarily in alignment of what we would say we want the biblical model of marriage right. to be, right? Yeah. I mean, that's not the yeah. same thing. But I do think that when we get to the teachings of Jesus, right, mm-hmm. the teachings of Jesus really point us towards that uh, intentional commitment to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do we how do we install that commitment so that we say, like, I'm in this relationship because every day I want to wake up and I want to be right. committed to you. I want to know you better, like you were talking about, mm-hmm. right? I want to have that intentional investment in knowing you and being known by you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what does that mean for us uh, to do in a healthy way? And we can explore that in uh, same gender relationships, mm-hmm. in uh, heterosexual relationships. There are lots of ways that we can, we can explore that in relationships that don't end in marriage, right? right. We can say, you know, I have uh, this commitment with you where I just, I want to be known by you, yeah. but we don't want to be married. We don't want to live together. Right. We just want to have this connection right. because a lot of friends at. feel that way too, yeah, right? Sure. Like they're lifelong friends that I, you know, people would say, yeah, we're like really soulmates, you know? Yeah. So there's, I think it exists in a lot of different ways. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Well, let's get into this article because we've kind of yes, been beating around it for a little I while. I didn't read it. So no, that's okay. <laughs> let's that's get great. into it. Um, so here are a couple of things and I think some of these are helpful and we'll talk a little bit about mm-hmm. it, but these are reasons uh, why you might not be finding the one. Okay. Right? This feels uh, like a BuzzFeed, like 
quiz article or something. <laughs> it, it is a little Already. bit. You yeah. want me to turn it into a yeah. quiz? I can say. Do we get to find out like what, what our soulmate uh, style is? <laughs> yeah, we're going to find out that Michael's not your soulmate at the oh, end of this. I'm well, sorry. Spoiler. No. Uh, <laughs> Michael knows. It's fine. Tell him, tell him not to listen to this one. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, all right. So number one, you might have unrealistic expectations. I like that you're as if you're about to take a quiz. <laughs> She's got a, a note. Elise yeah. has pencils in her hand <laughs> yeah, ready to go. Ready. Um, you might have unrealistic expectations, okay. uh, which I think is totally legit. Like if you're yeah. out there and you're, I mean, all right, let's go back. Let's talk to pre-married Elise. Okay. Can we channel pre-married Elise? Yes, is, absolutely. All right. All right. How, how old were you when you got married? 23 all 20, right uh, 22 is the week before i turned 23 all yeah. right hello 20 year old elise okay <laughs> this is pre-married elise uh what is the dating world like for you bleak yeah <laughs> <laughs> i go to a southern baptist college Ouch. so all right. i had to outsource all right what was it like to have expectations of people like when you had a relationship and you're like huh do i want to date this person or not yeah what was that like what was that experience mm, like not I to think, like super pry into your into your personal yeah. life you're welcome to call back to no, 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 pre-dating pastor it's, david it's too. been it's been so long uh, this is fine <laughs> yeah um, it's been, the titanic is funny now right <laughs> yeah this is the dust bowl <laughs> <laughs> the dust bowl of my dating yeah. life <laughs> um so i really didn't date seriously until college mm-hmm. um and then i dated one person seriously before i met my husband um and i think my expectations were actually fairly low out of the gates i would like to say (laughs) and michael jumped right over that bar (laughs) well i learned a lot about what i did not want sure um from that initial serious relationship Mm, um mm -hmm. but for me it was kind of like you know we were friends there's a spark you know i like you you like me that kind of thing and then that was really what it was was just kind of exploring that sort of initial attraction to each other and then man i hope my parents don't listen to this Uh, (laughs) it's very awkward (laughs) um we can change topic we can go on to something else (laughs) this is not through this yeah um and then it when things started to go poorly like we were butting heads and realizing that we were being pulled in different directions I didn't really have much of a roadmap for dealing with that, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, I did not experiment in high school. I did not know, like, this is how you start, continue, and then transition or end a relationship, yeah. right? Like, yeah, yeah. I didn't have any of that experience. So it was, I felt sort of some pressure to kind of, like, make things work that mm-hmm. shouldn't, had no business working. Yeah. We're definitely not right for each yeah. other, right? But through that experience then my bar was then much higher my expectations Mm. were all right i don't want to go through that again right so i'm only interested in dating somebody who i really connect with sure so no i think that's really helpful and you know from my own experience you know i had uh, a couple relationships before i eventually met my wife amanda um and i think that I have experiences of both myself and uh, the, the person I was dating at the time having very unrealistic expectations. Oh, right? did you get dumped? Uh, did I get dumped? Mm-hmm. I did not get. I got dumped. I got dumped in high school. Yeah, I got dumped yeah. in college. That was my my boyfriend dumped me. I did, so. I I did the dumping in college, mm-hmm. uh, but because of particularly unrealistic expectations that uh, you had. No, that uh, were being oh. put on me. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was like, "Tell me more about this." <laughs> no, no uh, tragic. Uh, this was a time. So actually, I remember this kind of vividly, um, and I can talk about this because even if my parents listen to this, they probably remember this vividly. <laughs> uh, we were at my uncle's cabin uh, mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving, and oh, it uh, always goes down on Thanksgiving. It always goes down on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, we were. Uh, I don't know. We'd been dating for a year ish, but mm-hmm. we were not together on Thanksgiving. I was yeah. with my family. She was with her family. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my uncle's cabin was in Virginia and she was back in Ohio. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we were calling each other on the cell phone uh-huh. and, um, she had called and I had not heard it or ignored it or whatever. <laughs> right. I don't remember the situation when I was with my family we're like, we're like doing stuff. Yeah. And, 
uh yeah we ended up like having a fight on the phone oh man and uh it was one where like later my family all told me like yeah we all knew what was happening like you went into the other room but we could all hear what was going on shouting right right exactly i'm mumble (laughs) shouting and she was like super angry that i hadn't answered and stuff like this and um, eventually it led to my sister confronting me and like we were on this road up to the mountain or uh, up to the mountain cabin and she like locked the doors and like <laughs> wouldn't let me out of the car and I'm like what's going on and she's like I gotta talk to you about this and yeah. you know thank god my sister did because she pointed out like you know these are these feel like unhealthy expectations yeah. that are being put on you yeah. and you know that was uh, like you said right it was a learning experience right. and I think that's really it is important to have those learning experiences right how do we um, learn to end relationships in a healthy way because mm-hmm. not every relationship's gonna last forever no so i have and not every friendship's theory. gonna last forever right no yeah i have a theory that way Let's more people are married than have business being married to each Ooh, other okay yeah, yeah, I, think I think that's that, fair yeah. i think we are so married to this idea of marriage that we are just like angling for that no matter mm-hmm, what and mm-hmm. that every relationship is a failure if it doesn't end in marriage yes i agree yeah, and yeah. it's that's a mess. We got to do something about that. Yeah, yeah. It should. It, there should not be a stigma of coming to a point in a relationship and saying this isn't right. Right. And that's okay. Or coming to that point in a friendship. Right. right. I, I, remember, I don't remember who this was, but there's a podcast that was on a year or so ago about like breaking up with friends and like mm-hmm. what does that like rather than just like not talking to each other anymore. Right. Just like awkward. Right. Like, <laughs> How do you like intentionally say like, hey, yeah. this just we're going different directions right. and that's been great yeah. and I appreciate everything that I've learned and I'm ready to move on. Like yeah. that's okay. Yeah. And, you know, I think we see that uh, played out in the Bible as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, relationships aren't meant to last forever, right? They're yeah. there for a period of time uh, and then people move on to the mm-hmm. next thing. Jesus yeah. is in a town for a period of time and then he moves on to the next place. Right. Paul is in a place for a period of time and then moves on to the next place, right? right? Um, and I, I think that's that's okay. Yeah. And that should be healthy. We shouldn't say, oh, that di- I didn't get married to that person so that relationship was a failure. Right. That's silly. Yeah. You didn't get married to that person and so you were healthier for that because that would have been the, uh, you know, an unhealthy marriage, right? right? That wouldn't yeah. have been good. <laughs> yeah, I think our romantic relationships are the only place where we have that expectation mm, though yeah. of like, this needs to last for the long haul. Sure. You know? Yeah, no, that's a great point. So. Yeah. All right, let's keep going. Uh, comparison. Are you comparing uh, this person to, uh, not just to other people, but to like older, what she calls mentor couples? Ugh. Yeah, it sounds weird, right? <laughs> so the idea here would be like, okay, I'm a young 20-something and uh-huh. I know somebody whose marriage I really admire. Like, oh, that's great. that they're And I am unfairly comparing our two-week-old relationship to their 20-year-old relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's unhealthy comparison is what the argument okay, is. She's why making. would you want to? Okay. You might have older. You might have people that you look up to that are married sure. and say, like, I really, I hope to have a relationship like with like them someday. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why would you call them mentor couples? It, is that what you're? It's <laughs> just weird. I don't know. Right. Um, yeah. I'm I mean, not I saying think, you did this. I'm just saying this is what she's talking about. Probably that relationship is not nearly as seamless as it seems. Though, oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. Like, for sure. There's probably all kinds of stuff. Not that it's bad, but probably all kinds of stuff that's gone on behind the scenes to get it to that point where it's yeah. you know tranquil <laughs> yeah sure but, or you know or it's been 20 years of them investing in right, one another not yeah, two weeks right, of the, right? you know yeah. that takes but you need a foundation work. of time and trust yeah. and all that kind of stuff and, and they're your, probably your sweet at a point where they've learned not, not to fight that. in front <laughs> of other people right and so right. if they're doing that you know they're mm-hmm. uh, doing that in a way that's healthy and manageable right and, yeah. they fight with their expressions that's right yeah <laughs> real pro right there <laughs> <laughs> i don't even need words right. it's like in harry potter when they stop having to use their wands and they can just think the spell right. yeah that's, that's pro level yeah. <laughs> couple fights just right there burn you with my thoughts <laughs> <laughs> uh this one i think is legitimate and mm-hmm. i don't know if it's uh 
I don't know if she and I come at it from exactly the same direction, but okay. I think this is helpful. An unwillingness to be vulnerable. Ooh, and yeah. I think this is really important. Yep. Um, you know, we talked about kind of being known and being known by others. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think like if you're uh, in a relationship and you're thinking, is this the person that I want to invest in, in this relationship with? Who I want yeah. to invest myself in this. You have to let yourself be vulnerable at right. some point. Uh, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but I love the word vulnerable um, <laughs> because uh, the Latin root for the wound or for the word means able to be wounded. Oh. Right? And so it, it's literally the word you would have used when you were in battle and you put your shield down. It's like, right. okay, I'm, I'm unguarded. I'm now right. able to be wounded. I'm now vulnerable. Right. And that's what we do when we make, when we open ourselves up, when we share our life with someone else, yeah. right? We're putting our shield down and we're saying, I am trusting you with this. Yeah. And I know that you could use this against me and hurt me, mm-hmm. um, but I'm trusting that you're not going to do that. Right. And if you're not willing to put yourself out there, it's going to be really hard to find someone yeah. who's going to reciprocate that with yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I really get that. Like I, there seem to be people that have no problem being vulnerable or maybe there's really well practiced. There's some people it. who like forgot to pick up their shield and just walk They're around just, and be like, yeah, here I am. Here. Yeah. <laughs> Cut I me down. What do you got? Yeah. Respect. Um, yeah. I am not like that. It's I'm not sure that's always healthy either. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah. Sometimes a shield is it's appropriate. It's too right? much out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's a really intentional choice for me to be vulnerable mm-hmm. with people, you know? So I think that that's, it's not that I'd like forget to be vulnerable, but that's maybe part of it. Like I'm just yeah. so used to like not sure. being vulnerable that yeah. I don't, just automatically allow people in. Well, I think a lot of ways this goes back to our training, right? How are we training ourselves, um, even as kids, to be vulnerable with Mm -hmm. one another? Are we uh, in communities and in uh, friendships and in families that encourage us to be honest and vulnerable? Or are we in relationships that encourage us to shut down those honest parts of ourselves and hide them, right? Right. I mean, if we're in a place where uh, every day we walk out out of the bedroom and we're told like, oh, well, you know, the thing that you are choosing to be passionate about is stupid mm, or you're yeah. not good at this or yeah. you're not worthy of that. Like if that's the life where, yeah, we're going to hide that stuff. Yeah. Um, but if we're in a, in a family or in friendships that are like, yeah, I love that you do this weird thing that's quirky that no one else does. Like right. that's great. Like and celebrates you for the things that you bring. Um, then I think we learn how to open ourselves up to that and how to react to that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think it's more of like a personality thing. Oh, sure. Too, though, There's that. Or, you know. Um, it's a nature and a yeah, nurture. Yeah. yeah. I think for I just tend to be more like self-contained about stuff like that. Um, so not just to say like, I did not have like an abusive childhood or anything no, no, no. like oh, that. Yeah. You know? I'm sorry. But I did not mean to come off as that was an accusation. If that's what it sounded like. That no, was definitely not what I was I was just clarifying saying. that yeah. it, my childhood was great, but I also, I did not really learn how to lean into being vulnerable sure. naturally. I you get know? that. Yeah. yeah. That's perfectly fair. So. But I think this, like if there's a reason that you might not be finding a long-term relationship that you're mm-hmm. looking for, maybe that's a piece of it. I think that's right. a legitimate thing. Like right. if you're not willing to put yourself out there right. and to, and to have that risk, you know, there's gotta be some risk to have some reward. Sure. Uh, and that's and just because it. it doesn't come naturally to you doesn't mean you can't do it. Right. right? Like I, yeah. I said, it's a choice for me. Like yeah. I can do it. I hate it, but I can do it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> and and it's, it's been fine. And you just, so. you're intentional with the people that you do it with. Mm-hmm. And so in that way, you know, the people that you do share that part of you with, it's that much more meaningful because right. at that point, they probably know that about you. They probably yeah. know what a meaningful step that is for you to share, mm-hmm. even something that might seem trivial to somebody else. Right. But you're like, this is this is really meaningful. And so yeah. then it becomes a really important and powerful connection for yeah. people who honor that vulnerability, right? right? And yeah. who, who treat that with respect. Yep. Yeah. Um, the next couple are kind of uh, silly. Uh, convenience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you might not be finding the one because it's just too easy. I don't... Oh, because it's, it's... too easy? <laughs> It's easy to, oh, it's easy to ignore. That's what, you're not finding it because it's easy to get focused on other stuff. I don't know. That one doesn't make sense. Let's just ignore that. Um, Hanging on to a crush. So like, oh, I'm not finding the one because I'm hanging on to this desire to be with someone who's not actually available, right? Right. Because they're wherever. I don't know. That's fine. But what if that was the one? Yeah. What if they got away? (laughs) Yeah. 
what if somebody else caught my fish? This is where this all falls apart. Okay. Uh, this is when we get into a bad rom-com. Yeah. Um, yeah all right. And then uh, the last one, just, I think, is uh, relatively helpful. Worrying about the future. Huh. Um, that we don't find the one because we're so focused on what the future is going to be like rather than focusing on the present. Which I think, like, there's a healthy balance here. Right. right. I mean, there's both. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. What do you think? That was a thoughtful <laughs> sigh. I feel like Goodness. I'm somebody who's always weighted. looking at the next thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm a fundamentally pretty like restless person. So I'm always like, all right, what are we going to do next? What are we going to do next? But I don't feel like that, uh, that hurt me when it came to, you know, finding a long-term relationship. You don't seem you like know? someone who's worrying about what's going to come out. Like I'm you, not. Like you wanna, I do not worry. Yeah. You want to yeah. like go on. To the, you don't want to just like settle down and be like, right. okay, I'm here forever. Right. But you're not like man, five years from now, where are we going to be? Right. You know, what's Gray going to do for college? Right. Like that doesn't seem like the thing that's keeping you up at night. It's not. <laughs> yes. No. Yeah. I worry like randomly that I've said something 10 years ago that makes all my friends hate me. Oh, sure. <laughs> like, that's, that keeps me up at night. <laughs> that sounds like fun right. for everybody. Yeah. Right. But not, not worrying about what, you know, the future is going to look like to the point that I can't have healthy relationships, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't get that one. Yeah. Okay. That's you fine. seem to get that one. Tell I mean, me what, tell me what you're thinking. You know, I just think if you're if you're so focused on worrying about what's going to happen five, 10 years, five, 10, 20 years down the line, right? If you're mm-hmm. so focused on that, then I, I think there's an element that you're not living in the present moment. Oh. And if you're not living in the present, if you're not able to just be with somebody in the moment, right, mm-hmm. then you're, you are going to miss the things that are right there in front of you. Yeah. Um, and I think there are plenty of times where, you know, particularly I'm thinking now from a managed perspective of dating me, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we were dating and getting married as I was going through seminary. Yeah. And as I was doing that, right, I didn't know where I was going to go on internship. She was right. going to have to move with me for that. I didn't know where I was going to go for first call. I didn't right. know how long I was going to be in first call. I didn't know if we were going to be anywhere right. near any of our family. She could have looked at all that stuff, worrying about the future and said, nope. Yeah. I don't want anything. Right? And that was all, you know, three, four five years down the line when yeah. we were dating. Um, but, you know, she could have looked at all that and said no. But instead of worrying about that stuff, I was like, yeah, there's unknowns ahead. Let's focus on this. Yeah. And that stuff will fall into place right. in the future. Yeah. yeah. I guess relationships are always sort of a leap of faith, right? Sure. Like it's there's always unknown and you always kind of say, well, whoop, we can't figure yeah. that out. So there's no like real perfect time where it's just all going to be like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we yeah, got yeah. it all figured out. And if you're waiting for that. I can see how that would hinder you from having sure. meaningful relationships. Yeah. I think the one thing that uh, Katie, was it, Ka- was it Katie? I don't even remember. I think yeah, it's, Katie. it's Katie. Yeah, our friend. I think the thing that our friend Katie and we can probably agree on is that I do believe that faith plays an integral part in these relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think having meaningful conversations about your expectations, uh, not just of the relationship, but of faith within the context of that relationship mm-hmm. is really critical. Right. Um, because I think if you get into a relationship and say, oh, well, the faith piece is just going to work itself out. Five, 10, 15 years down the line, something's going to have to give. Right. And it might not be the thing that you want to have give. Right. right. If you're waiting for somebody else to change to your faith or if you're right. uh, waiting to think about their faith in a different way. Right. I just, I don't see that as a viable, uh, viable situation. I think you just have to have the conversation. Now it might be that you have the conversation and say, yeah, this is what we want to do. And this mm-hmm. is like, okay, then, then figure it that, but right. don't not have the, don't not have, right. the, don't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, see, double negatives confused see, me there. Sorry. Y- like your faith or your lack of faith or whatever right, your sure. approach to it is, it's fundamental to who you are, right? Yeah. So that if you cannot have conversations surrounding that, then you cannot really exist together yeah. long term. Yeah, if right? you can't have that conversation and be respected right. within that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it, it is, you know, this is something that I, I see as a pastor in particular. It's it's hard to see families where one parent is particularly committed um, to a 
manner of faith, mm-hmm. right? Well, you know, we'll say they're particularly committed to the Lutheran faith because mm-hmm. I see it as the word left, right? Yeah. So they're particularly committed to the Lutheran faith and the other parent is just not, yeah. right? Either completely disinterested in church or committed to something else. Um, you know, e- committed to something else better than just completely disinterested in church because at right. least you've still got that faith example. Right. But eventually those kids that are that are raised in that relationship they they see that challenge right mm-hmm. and they um it's not that seeing differences of opinions is bad mm-hmm. but when you have parents who are not on the same page when it comes to raising kids in faith mm-hmm. uh, it becomes really easy for kids to start trying to pit the parents against one another mm. you know oh mom doesn't go to church why do i have to go to why do i have to go to this yeah. right or uh you know mom doesn't go to this thing why do we have to go to confirmation or whatever yeah. it might be and it, all of that is workable all that's yeah. doable as long as people have had the conversation to say right. this, this is how we're going to handle it right. Right. none of that's insurmountable but when it surprises people that this is happening after yeah. being married for 15 years and now you've got a 15 year old who's saying well dad never goes to church why do i yeah. have to go to church and the mom's like what happened yeah right i mean when that happens then it's like well this all could have been having conversations about all it been handled, right yeah, yeah exactly yeah. do you think it's more difficult when children are involved or is it sort of a baseline you need to talk about this yeah i typically only see it when children are involved mm-hmm. that's when i see it play out yeah um so I, d- I don't know i do think you should uh have a baseline play out, like, right because if faith is important to you right that's right? part of being vulnerable yeah then. in the yeah. same way that like you know if somebody came to me for pre-marriage counseling right if you're if you're coming to me i'm going to encourage you to talk about uh who's going to be doing dishes who's mm-hmm. going to be uh, responsible for handling bills who's going to be uh you know sharing responsibilities for spending time with family or right. what that's going to look like right i'm going to ha- encourage you to have all these conversations not yeah. because there's a right answer but because you need to talk about these yeah. conversations and i think that that for me is where like if we want to talk about a biblical model of marriage or relationships i think that's where it's really centered is how do we have meaningful and intentional conversations about our expectations of one another going into this relationship so that uh, we have the best opportunity to be authentically ourselves. Right. Because if we're created for anything, I think we're created for relationships which allow us to be authentically ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might mean marriage. That might not. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. But we're created for relationships that allow us to be authentically ourselves. And so if we're not having those conversations, um, then we're never going to be able to live into that fullness. Right. Yep. There it is. Bring it home. I like, I, you know, I, I'm going to be honest. I came up with that authentically themselves thing kind of yeah, like on the fly I really right like now. It. Yeah, I'm going to have to write that down. So, so I said earlier we were created to invest in each other and yeah. then you brought it back to, there it is. to uh, authentically ourselves. Yeah. We're yeah. going to have to write Katie and let her know. This sure. Is what we, this yeah. Is what we think about <laughs> Our friend article. Katie after we just sort of uh, made fun of her article a little bit. I don't, I don't know about made fun of. <laughs> tore it to pieces, but we didn't like insult sure. it directly. That's oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. We're both in. We found the one. Right. Shout yeah. out to our soulmates. Shout out. Shout out. They may or not be the our spouse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, they are. Yeah. <laughs> what? what are you trying to say? <laughs> I don't know. I got nothing. It's Your wife old. doesn't listen to this podcast. She so does not. She's... I'm safe. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if Michael listens to this. Yeah. Yes, he does. <laughs> All right. Well, here, shout out to Michael. Right. There you go. <laughs> oh, hey, if you liked this episode or any of our work from Beyond Sunday, you can find us all at beyondsundaypodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, shoot us an email. Send us your favorite story about a time when you knew you were not with your soulmate and Ooh, how that went. We want good, good break- stories. Yeah. We want yeah. good breakup stories. Right. Uh, feel free to send those to beyondsundaypodcast at gmail.com along with, what was the other thing? There's something from early on that we oh, requested. So... Doesn't matter. You'll remember it. Yeah, Go back and listen fine. to the first five minutes. It was in there. Uh, and yeah, anything else? Um... Yeah, can we promise to read these stories anonymously 
with, oh yeah uh, absolutely music if, if we get any yeah if we get any bad breakup stories yes. we will absolutely read them anonymous, right. anonymously unless you say please use my name in which case right. we'll be happy we to do that absolutely funny anonymous breakup stories right. we will do that i can't guarantee the breakup music that's patrick's department right it's, but if uh, he's in that week he'll do it yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody have a great week and we'll see you next week on beyond sunday